You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm so grateful to be able to have this podcast, to hang out with you guys. It really fills me up so much and I just hope it blesses you too. So we're going to dive right into our topic today. Today we're talking about the philosophy of the second mile and I'm really, really excited about this because it's something I have been personally contemplating a lot lately. I am big on preaching accountability. You guys know that. I ask you to change your thoughts. When somebody's rude to you, I tell you, you need to change your thoughts about the situation, right? Take accountability for where you're at and then go and change the reality. That's kind of my entire message is that when we take accountability, that's when we gain freedom. Well, the philosophy of the second mile is going to kind of go ahead and solidify that idea. When we take accountability, when we go beyond what is asked of us and we own up to what is possible for us and what we are capable of, that is when we get the results we want. So I want to tell you why I've been pondering about this. It's actually because on Saturday, I ran my very first trail run and it was so fun. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. If you never ran a mountain trail run race, like you should do it. I had signed up for it a long time ago and I knew it was eight miles. So I've been running and I can run eight miles and I was like, okay, I'll be fine. And I was fine, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I was kind of dying. It was way harder than I expected. It was higher in elevation. The incline was intense. Like we were climbing up boulders, just things I wasn't expecting. And I didn't know I really needed to prepare for, but I still loved it. And it was so much fun, but it was, it was pretty hard and I was kind of dying, but I was doing pretty good in the race. I was probably in like the top 30 out of about 500. I was running. I was feeling really, really good. And I was, you know, I just felt great while I was running and I was looking down. I wasn't really paying attention. There was a girl in front of me. There were girls behind me. And I all of a sudden I'm like looking down and I'm like, crap, there's no footprints except for the one girl in front of me on this trail. Like stop. I'm like, Hey, has anybody seen the white flags recently? And we're all like, crap, we're on the wrong trail. Now, this was kind of a big deal because we were all dead. <laughs> we were all like dying. It was, we were ready to be done. And this was at mile six. So we still had two more miles. And we're like, crap. So we all turn around. We start running, looking for the next trail, the right trail. And finally, we get on it and we realize that we were about half a mile off the trail. So between getting there and back, about a mile extra, we ran in this run. And I'm running back and I'm like kind of bummed out because I was just feeling really good and my my head kind of got messed up by that. I was just having a hard time getting my mindset back in the right place for my running. And I was also bummed out because I was like, oh, I was doing so good, you know. And then I had this thought come to my mind. And this was it. You're capable of running that extra mile. Why wouldn't you do it? Like, why would you complain about that? Why would you be mad? Why not just be grateful that you get to run that extra mile? Some people would die to run an extra mile. And I, uh, I just was like, okay, like that was meant to be. I was supposed to run that extra mile. Let's go. And I hustled down the mountain and I finished the race. And ever since then, my mind has been pondering this idea of philosophy of the second mile. So I'm going to jump into explaining exactly what this philosophy is and where it came from. And then we're going to just talk about how we can use it in our life and how we can actually apply it and make tangible changes and so that we can see tangible different results. Because a lot of times, a lot of the things I share are very 
theoretical or philosophical. And I always like you guys to know that there are tangible ways to take what we're doing and apply it to life so that it actually changes your life instead of just consuming, but actually using it to create something different. So the philosophy of the second mile is taught in the Sermon on the Mount. There is a section where Jesus says, and if somebody compels you to go one mile, go with him twain. Now, this is a big deal because during the ministry of Jesus, Judea was a province of the Roman Empire, and there was a really sucky military regulation and force that allowed Roman soldiers to command Jewish civilians to carry their burden for one mile. So they had to carry their bags, they had to carry their stuff for one mile. And this obviously like inflicted a really unpleasant duty on those who hated the Romans, the Jewish people that hated the Romans, this would have really sucked. And then Jesus comes and he tells them, hey, and let me make it a little bit harder. If he tells you to go one mile, you should go with him too. Can you imagine like having an oppressor who's forcing you to go a mile and carry their stuff? And then Jesus coming and saying, actually go too. I think it may have been really hard to hear these words in that time. We can imagine how it would clash with our modern day ideas. Like if somebody told us to do that, like our society would be like, no, I don't have to. In fact, our society does tell us like, just stop. Don't keep going. Why would you? You don't have to, right? Like, why would you push yourself that hard? You don't have to. That's something that we're told you need to rest, blah, 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 blah. And in some ways that's true, but in this context, that probably threw him off a little bit. But I think that Jesus understood something that many of us don't yet understand. And that is that there is great power that can help us to solve our problems in this philosophy and that we can overcome most of the opposition and the hates and the dreads of life by doing more than is required of us and having a good attitude about it. So I want you to think for a second why would Jesus ask them to do that? What is it about going the second mile that ends up serving the person who is going the second mile? I'm going to tell you guys a story to help kind of illustrate this. So there's a novel called Ben-Hur, and the setting is in contemporary time that is similar to that of Jesus. And the central character is a wealthy Jew who was made into a Roman slave and then he had to work at the oars of a Roman galley. And so Ben-Hur's companions accept their assignments with bitterness and they're mad about it. And as a consequence, their naked backs are bruised and cut by their Roman masters. But Ben-Hur adopted the philosophy of the second mile and he did his work as though his oars were taking him on a pleasure cruise. <laughs> Ben-Hur knew that no effort was ever lost. I love that. No effort was ever lost. And in his own interest, he worked twice as hard as he was asked to work. And of course, he received benefits in proportion. Where much is given, much is required. His willing attitude and effort pleased his Roman masters, and he asked for nothing in return for his service except that he be permitted to alternate his labor and work on both sides of the galley so that his body muscles might be developed equally. Then in the book, a shipwreck came and with his powerful muscles, he rescued a Roman tribune and won freedom. He engaged in chariot races where his big, strong arms were developed that were developed in the galleys, enabled him to master the horses, win the chariot race and gain many privileges and much prestige for himself. 
So I want to show you that. That is such a good example from that, that essay or from that novel is that there's two people in the same circumstances. One whines, complains, is bitter, hates, kicks back against what is happening. The other one goes cheerfully, doesn't expect anything in return, and just works their butt off. No effort was ever lost. No effort is ever lost. You guys hear that? So a lot of times we think, well, if I put effort into this, it's just, what's the point, right? What's the point? Well, no effort is ever lost. Where much is given, much is required. So if you want to get a lot, if you want abundance, if you want a good life, if you want health and strength and all of those types of things, it will require you to go the second mile, to put in the effort. I think that if you desire strong back, all you need to do is carry a great load. And that is a hard thing to swallow, at least for me sometimes, because I don't always want to be carrying a great load. I think it would be better if I could have a strong back but not have to carry a great load. But that's not the way it works. By the same procedure, we can expand our own abundance of our own abilities to almost any dimension. So I want you to think about this for a second. You are so abundant. Think about this. like You have so much abundance. You were made abundantly. Think about this. You can grow your muscles way stronger than what is required for ordinary use. Your stomach will hold far more food than is needed to keep you alive. You could see just as well with one eye, but you have two. You could hear with one ear, but you have two. You have two kidneys, two lungs, two nostrils. I mean, like, it is true that you are abundant, and so is the earth. The earth is so full. Think about this. A good farmer using agricultural methods may get tons of a given crop from the earth reservoir and still have 16 inches of topsoil left undiminished. Like, there is just so much abundance. But the, the reality is, is if it's not used, it goes to waste. It goes away, right? If you don't eat very much, your stomach shrinks. If you don't work out those muscles, your muscles start to diminish. People who don't use their eyes lose eyesight. And people who do use their eyes a lot gain eyesight. People who do work out their muscles grow in, in capacity and strength. People who eat a lot make their stomachs bigger, right? Like literally like that is the law is things grow and then they lessen depending on if they're used or not. So the idea of the second mile is that you are so abundant. You have so much potential, so many talents and abilities. And if you don't use those abilities, if you don't carry that load, if you don't use that load to grow you, you will shrink. It won't grow. And so I see this a lot of times, even in myself, where I want a really strong mind, but am I willing to carry the burdens that need to be carried so that I can have that strong mind? I want to have a strong body. Am I willing to lift the weights or run or do those things that are necessary to build strength in my body? Most of us never get strong backs or have great minds because the burdens we've given them to bear have never been heavy enough. A lot of times we resist the heavy load because we're scared of it. Our lower brain taps in, the natural man, ego, whatever you want to call it, the animal within taps in and it's like, ooh, no thank you, we ain't carrying that. 
Why would I do that? It hurts. It's hard. It makes me uncomfortable right now, right? But overcoming the natural man is learning to go the second mile cheerfully and not giving into that voice in your head that's telling you to stop, to give up, that you can't do anymore, that it's uncomfortable now. It's learning to overcome that and say, but I'm thinking about the future. That's your gift as a human being is having an imagination and being able to look forward to a different future. That is your gift is imagining a different vision of the future. And so using that and holding to that vision, even when it doesn't look true in the exact moment, maybe my muscles aren't big now, but I know if I carry this, I know that if I lift these weights, they will grow. And it's same thing with our minds. I think it's really easy to see that this is a true principle in the physical, but what about in our mental? A lot of times people are like, I'm mentally tired and people are like, you should rest. I'm almost saying you should go harder. Carry the burden. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep walking. You have another mile. Once you get there, you're going to see your mind has grown and now that same burden is not going to feel so heavy. It's same spiritually. A lot of times spirituality wise, like we feel weak spiritually. And what do we do instead of picking up our Bible or our scripture or text or praying or meditating? Instead, you know, we just stop doing all of it. And then we get weaker and weaker and weaker. And we wonder why we feel the way we do, why our mindset is so weak, why we aren't disciplined. You have more power to create more abundance and ability and goodness in your life, but it will require some sacrifice. It will require you to carry a great load. I think of my favorite concept. I know I've taught it here a bajillion times, but I'm going to teach it again because it's so important. And that's freedom from versus freedom to. If you want the freedom to be able to carry a load, the freedom to be strong, have a great mind, have strong spiritual practices. If you want that freedom, you might have to give up some of your freedoms. You might have to give up the freedom of, you know, lounging on the couch all day watching Netflix and not going to the gym. You know, if you want that strong mind, you might have to practice doing what you say you're going to do, which is something that I, you guys know, I'm very passionate about. And it's probably because growing up, I wasn't very good at this. And it's something that has completely changed my own mental health experience. So that's why I put together this train the animal challenge that we've been doing is because I wanted you guys to actually show yourself, carry a great load. These are six things you have to do every day for six months. I mean, sorry, for 60 days. Every single day, carry that load. Show your brain, I can carry that load. Then when the next load comes, it's a little heavier, you can be like, I can do it. Not only can I do it, but I'm strong and I'm ready because I just did it. I just carried a heavy load. This is going to give you so much more self-confidence. It's going to create more trust. This is how we develop those strong mental muscles is by doing the things we say we're going to do. And not only just doing them, but going the extra mile, putting in the effort. I love the quote. It's by Russell Nelson. This is the Lord loves effort. No effort is ever lost. Work twice as hard as you're asked to work and you will receive benefits in proportion. It might not come in the way you think, but they will come. And it might not be in the timing you think, but they will come. When you're feeling overwhelmed or tired and I'm not saying this is an all or nothing thing, but most of the world is going to tell you, just, just quit. You don't need to keep going. I'm going to tell you to do one more. I'm going to tell you that there's power in one more rep. There's power in doing one more set. There's power 
and sticking with your goal one day longer. Just do one more, one more mile. It's in that second mile where I think the power and the promise is. So I want you to take this and I want you to think like, where can I go the second mile? Where needs just a little bit more of my energy? Where can I just put a little bit more of me? You are so abundant. You were made to grow. You were made to expand. You have so many talents. How can you use them more? How can you share more? How can you give more? That is where the abundance is going to be. A lot of times we think that freedom comes from freedom from struggle. I think freedom is from freedom of self. Like when you no longer are ruled by that lower brain, that's where real freedom is. People get where they don't have to work and they're still miserable. The real freedom is in, can I overcome my own self? And this is how we do it. It's by going the second mile. If you're in the challenge, keep going. (laughs) Don't give up. It's going to get harder before it gets easier, but then it's going to become a pattern and a habit and you're going to be able to just cruise and it's going to feel good. But right now you need to stick with it. Keep your head in the game, stay focused and keep on walking. Go the second mile, you guys. I hope that this was helpful for you. If you want to study this more, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. So you can kind of read what Jesus was saying around it. But there's a lot of great books. I love Ed Milet's book. It's called The Power of One More. It's very similar to this. It's in that, it's in that last, it's in that one more that you find yourself. It's in that one more that you show yourself what you're made of. So go and find a way to do one more. Go find a way to push yourself a little bit harder. Okay. Last thing I want to tell you guys, if you want to still join the challenge, you should come get in the app. We are doing giveaways every week. So people who track every day of the week, I'm going to be doing giveaways and we're going to be doing like drawings and we have a really awesome community. Like literally so many people are like posting in there. It has been so fun and I am proud of everyone who's sticking in it. I'm sticking in it. I'm going to be doing it for 60 days. I'd love to have you guys there. Come hang out with us in the app. We'll see you next time.